What's happening, weirdos? This audio program. This audio program is brought to you by... We're so glad you guys are here. There's a big one. Lots of fun stuff. Lots of big news. <laughs> not lots of big news, but a little yeah, piece of there news. There you go. Thank you. A little piece of news. Not, not a big deal news. Yeah. Not a big deal news. Not a big deal. Stuff. <laughs> um, we're glad you're here. Uh, if, you, if you're just joining us, this is a weird one to start with, but these are the Friday... Bonus episodes where Val and I make it weird. But this one was a Friday boner episode. <laughs> oh, my God. We do some fan fiction that you guys wrote that's very erotic. <laughs> JK. Uh, but if anybody does want to do that, I will read it on oh the podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, great, Val. You just opened up. Your Instagram is going to be all just like, <laughs> Pete says, keep it crispy. The light's dim. <laughs> No, thank you. I stand by it. PeteHolmes.com <laughs> uh, for all the tour dates. We just added a show, a Thursday night show in Chicago because mm-hmm. the other one sold out. Thank you very much. And I have Miami, Florida. So I need some Floridian weirdos to come out. And May 4th here in Los Angeles, I'm doing the Netflix is a joke festival. And always, as always, my uh, Largo's next one is March 23rd. So hope you guys, Largo-LA.com for tickets. And if you like the show, we only do ads for things we actually use and actually love. So please support. Means a lot. Katie, roll those, uh, those ads. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Modern Mammals, the only shampoo that I have found that cleans your hair but doesn't make it look like you shampooed your hair. What do I mean by that? I mean that for years, my strategy to having great hair meant don't wash it, which maybe meant it looked pretty good, but it was gross and had a bunch of gunk in it. Now, Modern Mammals cleans your hair, but gives you the look like you didn't wash it. You know what I mean? When you shampoo your hair, it looks like crap. It looks like a bale of hay that you tossed in the dryer, comes out crisped, fried. There's no nothing natural remaining in it, so it's all over the place, impossible to control. Then you end up adding all these products to make it look normal again. Modern Mammals isn't like that. I washed my hair last night. It looks perfect. I didn't do anything to it. It looks perfect. I had a great hair day. That's what it is. 30 seconds to a perfect hair day. No products that you have to add afterwards. It's kind of like keeps everything that you want, gets rid of everything you don't. That's the best way I can say it. They have so many incredible reviews on their website. 40,000 guys have switched to Modern Mammals instead of traditional shampoo. Once you use it, you are hooked for life. I am hooked for life. You can't go back to regular shampoo after this. It's a small punk rock grassroots company. These guys were just fed up with shampoo frying their hair and created a new product to wash your hair with, new shampoo alternatives specifically for guys. They have no plastic and no fragrance in the bars. They also have bottles, which is like a magic gray mud that I love the feeling and the smell of. Gets your hair perfect every single time. Six seconds, perfect hair. Modernmammals.com slash weird where people can get a special combo deal and try both products the bar and the bottle for 44 dollars try it out no no lie it's a game changer modernmammals.com slash weird get both products for 44 bucks we're also brought to us by our friends at armra i don't know if you guys are like me you're hearing about colostrum everywhere i go people are talking about colostrum my friends are literally bringing up colostrum what is colostrum? It is the first nutrition we receive in life and contains all the essential nutrients our bodies need to thrive. As you know, I'm obsessed with ways to strengthen my immunity, my gut health, my fitness, my endurance, my my metabolism, as well as my hair and skin, making it look great and feeling great all around. That's what colostrum does. 
I'm talking reactivating hair growth and glowing skin by reducing inflammation and puffiness in your face and neck as well as stimulating stem cells to produce collagen collagen, excuse me, and increase elasticity. I'm talking about igniting your metabolism and fortifying gut health so you feel less bloated and lighter while replenishing your microbiome, stabilizing blood sugar, and accelerating fat burning, as well as fueling your fitness recovery and your performance. I've been taking this now for months. I take it a couple times a day. Uh, I use the unflavored. It doesn't have an unpleasant taste. Sometimes I'll just dump a pouch in my mouth, swallow it with water. I never miss it. It just clears me up, gets me feeling ready to face the day. And as I mentioned before, anecdotally speaking, both Val and Leela were sick for like two weeks. Old Holmesy, rocking strong. It's boosting that immunity. I can say that from my own personal experience. It is a game change. It's wholly natural, sustainable. It was developed with the highest integrity, grass-fed in the USA, and they guarantee the highest potency and bioavailability of any colostrum on the market. For results, you can actually see and feel and take it from me. You see them and you feel them. We've got a special offer worked out for weirdos. Receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash weird or enter weird to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash weird. All right, everybody. We're so glad you're here. Valerie? Get into it. Uh, hi. <laughs> uh, uh, hello. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, I am going to yawn during this and well you only slept in till 9 a.m i did burn not i did not i was promptly awake by 7 a.m you're just waking churn. up at 5 30 okay. it's a burn <laughs> where in the churn gurn i hated that i burned you i you do burn me about sleeping in i didn't sleep in today <laughs> i woke up at seven no you didn't and i i sincerely hate that i burned you but you do well, when you wake up at 5 30 you become a real burner yeah and you're, you're real pompous about it's true. your morning it comes at a cost you know when you're up and you're just fucking seizing the day if i was like you <laughs> i believed goddamn <laughs> yeah when you're seizing the gut day <laughs> if i were i'm so glad i have a second chance to say the sentence correctly if i were like you i yeah it doesn't matter what time you get up in the morning you are like ding ready to go yeah but i no i'm a chocolate muffin that's ready to serve you know four four thirty a.m <laughs> But it it also doesn't matter. Well, I guess I'm talking myself into it because it actually doesn't matter what time I wake up. I'm going to be miserable for 30 minutes. So I might as well wake up early. No, I hate this. Well, I'm hating. Every I have minute this of type this. of brain fog today. That's actually like working for me because I have a lot. I had a lot of cleaning to do. I've I have. I, I'm going to guess cleaning the do. <laughs> Um, I have laundry that's been piling up. I I calculated it. It's for a full month now. <laughs> Val, I'm wearing socks that I didn't know I owned. You have well your your solution to laundry, laundry. dirty laundry is just buying more clothes. Yeah, I almost bought more for Leela, and then I was like, I know we have them somewhere. And I mine is just sort of like this isn't 
doesn't smell. I just wore it once. So I just like re-wear clothes. Oh. But the problem is I do all of the laundry of the house. It's fine. It's the agreement was made. And you just burned my churn gurn. And you have a bottomless pit of clothes. So you're just keep you just keep wearing brand new, freshy like two two sets of shirts, two sets of underwear a day for a month. That's true. So that's 60 of each of those things. Yeah, that's too many. And uh, I will never stop doing laundry. I'm a clean. Well, you are thanks to me because I wash your clothes. (laughs) I'm always getting, you know, fucking sweaty. Change those Jones. Change them out. Yeah. Change them out, man. I like to stew in my juices. (laughs) I rewore, but I really am at the bottom of, this is not necessary podcasting, but I I found a pair of socks that are like bowling themed that I think someone gave me for the wrap of how we roll. And I'm like, I can't, we gotta, we gotta wash. Not that I don't like these socks. Well, I don't really like them. They're very, a little. Yeah. I, I, there's some of the elastic on your socks. (laughs) This is just riveting podcast riveting it's all i know is laundry that's literally all i've done today well yeah you're in a laundry tunnel Um, yeah but but my brain fog is helping with that because i'm just like cool it's actually i you i've always had you know like laundry days i try to do it one day a week i have just a full laundry day but i haven't for a month and that's why we're here uh and I used to get so stoned on those laundry days and yeah. watch like Bob's Burgers. Yeah. And now I don't really do that, but my brain. Watch Bob's Burgers. <laughs> no, I watch Bob's Burgers, but I don't really get Tita. day baked. Tita, what's the new burger today? I can't quite do it. That was pretty good. Hey, Tita. If I could do it, I'd have every job because he's in every show. Yeah. He's very good. He's very good. No shade here. Very good. I do. Uh, let me let me get us off the elasticity of my socks. Um, we were talking about my brain fog. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. No. There. Uh, yes. Get us off. Of look, that. I there's there. Oh, I just Did discovered that this is a side entry pocket as well. Does your other one not have that? No. Wait. It's the same pocket, but it's got two entrances. Just like now, the... this is riveting clothing talk. Yeah, I've never in I've, my life seen that. Me neither. I found a jacket that works for me. So in true Pete style, I bought three of them. Uh huh. Which the pull quote for me for that moment was, "You laughed," and I was like, "But you know, this is the jacket I think I'll wear on a special. And what if it gets torn or ripped? And then what if that happens again and then again?" <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and as I was saying it, I was like. Oh, I, I'm something's wrong. Something's, something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. Had a little bit of a scarcity mindset when, when it, it comes, comes to, to great jackets. But for giants, it's hard to find a great jacket. And to but be now fair, that this has a double entry. Yeah, you. So I, you have been burned in the turn gurn or whatever. <laughs> burned in the churn churn gurn, uh, because you had. Uh, famously my favorite jacket. a fantastic jacket and, and it I was the jacket you were wearing the day i met you and then wore for the subsequent five years i love that jacket. even after it had a, a gigantic rip that i had repaired that you had repaired but after wearing it for months with, without, the, rip? with the rip on stage i did oh yeah there's something going on and then <laughs> I mean, like I'm diagnosing myself. There's something going on. You are weird about clothes. You are clinically no, weird about clothes. No, we were clothes. also at that dinner the other night, and in the middle of a conversation, I just went, "Your baby's name 
is Aura. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, oh, you said the weirdest. <laughs> like, you guys were having, like, I didn't even register that you guys were talking. And I just went, but it so was, your baby's name is Aura? It was also very funny because it's our, our dear friends who had a baby two months ago. And I've met the baby many times, but I, we've baby, never discussed but, but, the name. But the baby has never told me her name. <laughs> I'm always trying. We, uh, there's been a lot with this baby, like this baby has been in and out of the hospital, has had, you know, like it's very much like, yeah, it's we local are praying news. for Aura. Yeah. We are, you know. And, and I am we, too. And I finally like. But when I pray, I go, Aura? <laughs> So I wasn't quite sure. So yeah, so it was it was actually a really funny bit, but you just were serious where we were talking and you interrupted us to say, so the baby's name is Aura? <laughs> I gotta say, the times in my life where I've said something and everyone laughs, and then I realized that uh, I didn't mean to be funny mm-hmm. and then pretended that I did mean to be funny. Yeah. I still remember some of them. I was doing an improv sketch and it was supposed to be like a, a, a group of pandas and then I, like I was a panda in like a panda court or something mm-hmm. and everybody was talking all at once and I was like settle down it's pandemonium and I didn't realize that I had made a pun oh and wow. everyone went and there's a certain laugh you give puns yeah and I heard sure. that laugh and I was like and I, I still feel kind of guilty about it I made this like <laughs> like I know no you have to yeah I guess what are you in that scenario gonna be like oh I didn't even mean that <laughs> yeah but i made like my coolest face i made like if you're gonna own it own it all right i like you um go ahead i've definitely done that i feel like i i've done that recently where i made a joke and then i was like okay i'm just gonna take it well for the perpetually confused and i'm saying this i've been having more appreciation moments like that give me appreciation for my father Mm. And how he can seem kind of like a trumpet when it's supposed to just be a string section. <laughs> yes. And like, so he's out there trumping. <laughs> not that way. Beautiful guy. Uh, not like that, but he's just kind of can be out of place and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And even my interrupting and blah, blah, blah. We won't stay on this for too long. I'm just like, it gets weird. Like reality is weird mm. when you don't know where you are or where you fit in. Mm. So you're making a wager. You're like, I'd rather be weird and maybe inappropriate or like offbeat yeah. than like kind of what the fuck is reality? Not even in an existential like trippy way, but just like, where am I? Who am I? Am I a part of this group? So yeah. my dad will be like, uh-huh. and I've been feeling close to him because of that. Yeah, I think, you know what's funny is even even like on the rare occasion where you're being a trumpet in a string section and it that's great and it's bothering me. I like it when you say what I said. Yeah. That's really great. Whenever I think back on it, it's so funny and endearing to me. Well, this is your great gift. Every Pete needs his Val. And hopefully every Val needs her Pete. (laughs) (laughs) It's TBD. We're waiting to find out. It's been 11 years. We're still waiting to find out. Let's be real. Your gifts are so much rarer i think i don't know what you're doing for me is very um subtle and very rare beautiful strange love it i i think i think it's... i'm just over here getting that cheddar cheese <laughs> no that's not that that's not true you love me perfectly uh-huh. there was one that Cute. you did <laughs> there was one that you did so recently and it was really cracking me up it was like oh it was when 
I can't believe you remembered it. I know. Well, it was when I, I think it was this, maybe there was another one, but it was when I was like really having like the hardest day I had had in years, really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, we had a friend. You were hanging out with a friend at the park. Oh, and then and I brought I him home. Com- I we haven't like, talked about this. No, and I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. You were having the rawest emotional day of your life, of it, your adult life. It really was. And like I knew this you peak were. Moment, and you knew. I, I was knew like, all the shit that I've been afraid of, kind of my whole life, so is happening this, now. <laughs> th- yes, and Val is fine. Yes, uh, and actually doing wonderful. But there was this raw cost to that shift, mm-hmm. and I knew that. And just to go into this kind of embarrassing story by saying the reason I was out and met this friend was because I was trying to give you space. Yes. Like I went and picked up Leela. I took Leela to the park. Yes. I met a friend. I was like, let's keep this hang going. Let's go get dinner. Mm-hmm. We went and got dinner. And then like at a certain point I was like, Leela was having such fun that I was like, why don't you guys just come over? Mm-hmm. And then we did. This is how I remember it. And then this is where I get, you could call it Aspie or just non-neurotypical, or maybe just like a good old-fashioned J-ass. Blowhard, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, blowhard J-ass. Once this friend who you love was over, now I'm kind of like, oh, I have 8,000 things to do, and I'm a little socialed out. I'm just going to go in my office and kind of like bang out some emails. <laughs> so- Meanwhile, I hear you entertaining. <laughs> You're entertaining. I'm fully entertaining. So you've emerged and- from your cocoon to now be thrust into like un- unasked for entertainment mode. And yeah, so from my perspective, I am home alone, which I did know you were giving me space and that was really lovely. You're culking it. But I was, yeah, I was full, I was full culking it. And I, <laughs> I had like my hot water bottle. I was like laying in the fetal position. In and the I, movie, you're gently weeping. And <laughs> yes, then I come in I was, like, I was oh fully boy. in and out of crying and just oh, being in like, deep breathing and i got a text from you that said eric and uh, these are our friends are coming over it was the the dad and the son and i was like uh, in my mind i was like okay you know i can like go upstairs and take a bath if i'm like really needing it and then i abandoned you and then yeah so instantly so not you only did in- i pull the bone but then i <laughs> pulled a double bone here it's happening and yeah. then i stopped helping yeah but luckily this is a fantastic friend who i was yeah, able to issue. That's, yeah i was able to talk about it it wasn't like you i had didn't to be want to fake. sit with mother Teresa at that moment you know you just needed <laughs> to be alone yeah and i and i didn't feel like i had to be fake but i was like wow this person is at my house and really seeing me in real time go through something and we're kind of new friends. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and then you, at one point, this was the specific moment that I thought back on later and laughed and was just like that guy, (laughs) but like really felt like I, I'm glad that I chose such a character (laughs) in my life was, I was in the middle of telling our friend like what was going on and like really deep into, you know, telling this very sensitive information to this new friend. And for the listeners, it's just something in Val's personal life that's gone a long time as kind of like a something that no one talks about and you've breached the 
You've opened it up. Is that fair to say? Yes. Just to include everybody a little bit? Because there's yeah. another thing I want to say about the transformation. Yes. And um, so I'm deep in telling him about this. And we haven't seen you in like 15 minutes. And you just walk in and hand me something that you very sweetly made me. But it was like you just like in- interrupted to give me a gift like a child. <laughs> what I had made you was a printout of Tom Cruise and Collateral. And it says, don't get me cornered. You don't have the trunk space. Because yes. as I was alone and realizing how raw you were, I was like, I'm going to make this now as you're telling me this. It's like it happened to somebody else. Instead of just actually helping you, I made you like a little art project. And then I come in and interrupt you while you're opening your heart. And I go here and kind of, let's be real, making it about me. Like, look, I made this. Isn't this cool? Well, yeah, that it did a little bit feel like, all right. And now I have to pause this and praise you for this thing that you made I mean, just put me in the garbage disposal. No, it's very cute. Just dump me off. It is funny. I mean, in hindsight. And then then when you say, I need to be alone... And then we, you know, we wrapped up the hang. But and if you say, I need you to take over, I'm like, because you're very non-confrontational. Yeah. Like, there's two things I want to say. One is that I was talking to a friend of mine who's also dating a nine. You're an Enneagram nine, mm-hmm. which is the peacekeeper. And he was like, how do you know what Val really feels? Because you're a person, mm-hmm. this is no news to you, that doesn't, has a hard time saying how she feels if it's inconvenient or feels like it might be hard to hear for the other person. Yeah. So you just kind of keep it to yourself. And that's really dangerous for a relationship. Mm-hmm. But I feel like our communication is rock solid and really good. Yeah. And my friend was like, you know, I asked my girlfriend if she was okay with this and she said she was, but he's like, but you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I realized that I do have a strategy with you mm-hmm. that I think is useful. And since then you've can, I'm so proud of this obviously, because I'm, I already told you this, that you confirmed it. Like oh, I was yeah. so, that was so... Because, you know, you're looking at the data of your relationship. Is this working? And I'm like, I think that works. And then you're like, yes, that does work. Mm-hmm. And what it is is, and we did it in this situation, is after that friend left, to get at how you really feel, I make pretty, not extreme, like edgy, but like jokes, mm-hmm. where I'll go like, I am such a shithead for inviting a friend and his kid over while you're like mm-hmm. mourning the end of your life as you knew it. Mm-hmm. I'm a shithead. And then... I know based on how you correct me or don't correct me, mm-hmm. how much of a shithead you think I am. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. really don't think I'm a shithead, you'd say something like, uh, it, uh, uh, I would say like, sorry, you didn't know I was going to throw you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I know what you would say. You would say, no, baby, not at all. Like no, you would... I would say like, oh, honestly, that didn't even like register. Yes. That's not a thing for me. That's that right. didn't. That's how I know. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't think I'm a shithead. But yeah. if you kind of think I'm a shithead, <laughs> which you did. Yeah. You'll kind of yes and the joke and be like. You know, um, or what, I, what do you tell or me? Or I might even just be like, no, you're not a shithead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. With an ellipses. Yeah. You're not a shithead, but like <laughs> you're, you're in the ballpark. you're not a shithead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is one of the great uses of humor, I think, is mm-hmm. like, let's let's address what's going on. I made a mistake. You don't want to call me a shithead. If we were like a my cousin Vinny style relationship, you'd just in real time go like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're a shithead. Sure. And yes. the, the good part of that is that people air their grievances like Festivus and everyone knows where everyone stands. Mm-hmm. But we have a way to do it. And it's with joking. And then I go, 
and then you know those things correct me if i'm wrong but will end with me being like I'll know what kind of an apology to give you. Yeah. Without you actually calling me a shithead. This sounds well, very roundabout and oh, through the barn. Oh, it's for sure passive aggressive or something. It's, it's not, indirect. It's indirect. But it works for me too. Well, the, well that it wouldn't exam- work for me if you called me a shithead. I, I would the, hate that. Well, obviously, yes. There. Well, I guess some people do have that type of relationship. My but, cousin Vinny. But. <laughs> I think that's a documentary. <laughs> My cousin Vinny, the guy that looks like Joe Pesci, man, he's <laughs> a ringer Vinny? for Joe Pesci. Um, isn't isn't Joe Pesci in that movie? Yeah, it's Vinny. Oh, okay. What was the was that the joke? Was like that yeah, guy the, really? Because I think like it's Joe. a documentary. Oh, right. So I think Vinny's a okay. real person. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, anyway, I it works for me because it, it, well. The example you gave isn't my favorite. Sometimes when you're making when when you are like joking like I'm a piece of shit, you're telling all your friends about the whatever, I if I am upset, I will feel like okay, and now I have to also make oh, you really? not feel like a piece of shit. But <laughs> <laughs> so this doesn't work. No, I'm really glad we're having this conversation. No, it does work. I've not only been doing this, but going around telling the story. And Val told me that's what she likes. <laughs> no, it's a there's a different way that you joke that the joking is correct. It's just we have to think of a better example. And I can't think of one on the spot because I have the brain fog. But like for that example, taking the example of our friend coming over, I came in and was like, Hey, I don't think I can really do the entertaining on top of everything. And then you just give like a funny look like like you've just been like caught or like this yeah. is like just You're like a cop and I have a bag full of bank money and I'm yes. like hmm? Yeah, and then that is really funny to me cuz and it works really well because you there's self-awareness where you're like, oh, my God, I'm just realizing yes. that I'm being such a... And it is guileless. It, it was innocent. Looking exactly. back, I'm like, God, that was so dumb. But in the moment, I really was just and then, like, like good. The type of joke that, that I really like is sometimes you'll, you know, like I'll... I'll in, I, you probably did something like this in that occasion where you're like, okay, I'm, you know, like, sorry, I'll whatever, I'll go back in. And then you're like, I just need five more hours to answer emails or yes, something like that. Yes. And that's very fun. That's, oh, thanks. I, no, not for the compliment, but like, thanks for that great example. That That's the kind of joke that's right on the money. Yes, exactly. Like, okay, yeah, I just need five. It's yeah. very Jim and Pam. Yes. I just need five more hours to answer emails. That's this way of saying yeah. like, sorry, I was answering emails. Like that was a weird yeah. move. Exactly. Exactly. You'll you will roast yourself yeah. in but more in that than just a shithead. More than more just than the... like yes, more than yeah, that. But the joking really works for me because it is you're loving me in that moment by saying, You can give me this feedback and I think it's funny and it's yeah. light and we can laugh about it because and that's really healing to me because that isn't the example yeah. really that I've seen in giving men feed specifically feedback yeah on how they can you know or no, just, and it's, it's healing for me to try and be that yeah absolutely person, be that man specifically right because you weren't really i mean that the feedback in your parents dynamic wasn't very playful or light either you know what's weird uh just another thing talking about dads and stuff and energy you know i've been all about 
energy lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what we use it for. Like last week we were talking about how like emotional and intelligence energy, like mental energy and mm-hmm. and per, uh, interpersonal energy. It's not just going for a hike energy. Yeah. It's your life. So energy is really, really important. But anyway, what was I? Oh, different kind of energy, more like vibration. So it was your birthday. Brag. Yesterday. <laughs> I made it another year. Brag. Oh my God. So glad. You're the joy of everyone who knows you's life. No. Everyone who knows you's life. I'm a real Maya Angelou. (laughs) You are the joy. Uh, Don't do that voice. Don't do that voice. I thought I could. Because I really wanted to hear her say everybody who knows you's life. Everybody who knows. But I I just kind of did a Southern thing and it felt wrong. Yeah, I know. I didn't like it. I don't know. But everybody just walk away slowly. This Baskin Robbins is closed. It's not even about, it's a curves now. It's the opposite of a Baskin Robbins. <laughs> if you actually grab a, a Baskin Robbins by the back wall and pull it and walk out the entrance, it turns into a curves facing the other way. <laughs> and if you get that, you're stoned. Like you're listening to this podcast stoned and I salute you. Like kind of like a, like a bouncy house. Like if it was, if it was stretchable, uh-huh. just forget it. Okay. Here's what I, I want to say. We're at your dinner last night. <clears throat> birthday dinner which was really beautiful like this restaurant that we went to doesn't take reservations because it's a small town and like i had to text a friend and uh and and the friend helped get the reservation it was just so sweet it was which, just which, such which a, was like by directly contacting the owner yeah. right and then the That's, owner like chatted mm. with us and and it was just like a small it felt like a very small town thing it was like, we have a Here's kind the of owner. inn and yes yeah. I can step that out too. I won't forget the energy thing, but like I've been trying to get better at checking myself before I've wrecked myself. I'm very good at checking myself after I've wrecked myself, as we all know. But, you know, I'm planning a birthday dinner. It's 10 people and I'm trying to get this reservation and I'm stressed. And I thought the dinner was at seven. Mm -hmm. I have two examples of this. They're both funny, I think. I thought the dinner was at uh, 7.30. So then your friend texts me and says, hey, I can't be there until 741. That's literally what it said. Yeah. 741. <laughs> Is that okay? Also, what is the dress attire? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm reading this and I just must have been in the wrong headspace. Like I don't want to be organizing an event right now. Maybe I was working, whatever it is. My mind was other places. I read this text and it annoys me. Uh, and it's from our friend Casey. Casey's the hero in the story, so she deserves to be name checked. Yeah. So I read that and I'm like... It's a 7.30 dinner and you're asking me if you can come at 7.41? <laughs> so I wrote, it's black tie. So right away I'm saying, eat shit. Yeah. Like I'm just being a bitch right up top. It's black tie. And unfortunately, 10 minutes late is unacceptable. See you next year or something like that. <laughs> no, I wrote, thank you for this deeply necessary text. <laughs> that is like... What a curmudgeon. I know. I'm not that way a lot, but it comes out sometimes. And Casey's also a very funny person. And I'm like, she'll appreciate the roasting. Right. It comes out when you are planning, which is why... I hate planning. Yeah. I hate planning. Because I was in this low point and and said to you with a blanket around me like a little babushka. (laughs) Yeah. And was like, I think I'm going to want a birthday party. 
Yeah. But I can't plan it. Can no, and I do it. And you did. And it meant so much because you hate planning. I do hate so planning. much so that if one after you send the initial text, any follow up questions are greeted with this guy. Abs- this guy, <laughs> like, my <laughs> customer service department in my planning department is a Paul Giamatti character. <laughs> Thank you for this deeply necessary text. Like yes. he, he fucking hates, he's Joe DeRosa, like who yeah. I love. Yeah. And one of the reasons I love Joe is because he helps me feel good about that part of myself because it's funny. Yes. If Joe did this, I would laugh so hard, but we're not even done. Then after I send the text mm-hmm. and she replies and we're, we're bantering and stuff, I realize that the dinner is at seven. Uh-huh. So she was asking if she <laughs> if she could come at 41 minutes late, which is yes. a good ask. Yes. So I get that unique, embarrassing, humiliating feeling where I've been in a high status asshole <laughs> thinking they were asking about 10 minutes. Now they're asking about 40 minutes late. And I'm just like, ugh. And then I reply to her. I'm like, you know, I say that. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I realized it was seven and you're asking 40 minutes. And she's like, oh, I also thought it was 7.30. And I was like, <laughs> You're in my heart forever. And she did. She made the same mistake. And then, God, this is just one of the sweetest and rarest fruits on the hors d'oeuvre trays that God sends out, that the universe sends out at the cocktail party we call reality. It's Mm -hmm. so rare and it's so delicious that on the same thread where I've made a mistake and was kind of harsh and made fun of somebody, basically just being unkind, Mm -hmm. she then in that text and not from a needy place just Mm -hmm. said, Um, I said something about the reservation. I don't know how that came up. And she was like, I know the owner. Do you want me to get in touch? Mm. And I was just like, what? Yeah. I just was like, get out of here, dingus. (laughs) And then the dingus Mm -hmm. was like, first of all, not a dingus. And then in the wake of it, not an hour later, same text exchange and neutral. Because you and I both know, if I think I've hurt somebody's feelings, I become the most genteel generous yeah like i'm gonna win it back at the buffet kind of guy mm-hmm. i knew she wasn't doing it in a sweaty way yeah. she was just she it didn't even matter yeah just washed right off of her and then she got the reservation i'm just like i'm really oh hi pete and val pete is just learning what friendship is I and know. i'm just like it's really fun to see it's really gorgeous <laughs> here's part two this is checking myself out this is checking my that's checking myself after i wreck myself then another one came in from our wonderful friend, Michaela Watkins, who was going to come. And she texts this very long Michaela Watkins text, just a lot of info. And she's like, I can't come to the dinner after all, because I have to be in LA at 9 a, or at um, 8 a.m., mm-hmm. which I'm like, I just, and I skim it. That's my first mistake. That's what you always do. You don't read group texts. If, no, you, if you're them. in a group thread. You get muted right away. Like, so you have no information. I don't know what's going in. Yeah. And if I'm chiming in, just know that I might as well have walked in from the street. <laughs> yes. I don't know what's happening. It's, yeah. it's a not, I'm saying this with love and appreciation for Pete. Like I'd be friends with me. Mm-hmm. I would love me. Mm-hmm. But I also get it. It's obnoxious. Like, I'm sorry. Group threads are annoying. You're organizing the party. Read the text. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm, you know, just conceding that. Conceding? Yeah, conceding. Yeah. I concede that. So she writes, I have to be in LA at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, so I can't come, but I'm, that's the only thing I read. I'm just looking for, the, for action items, like <laughs> Brian Cox in Succession. Just what do I have to do? Yes. Really nothing. You're just not coming. But now I'm like offended because I see she has to be in LA at 8 a.m., which means she has to leave at like 6.30. 
mm-hmm. six maybe to be super safe. And I'm like, you're not coming to dinner at seven? And I started to write. It was on the screen. No worries, but I'm going to drive by your house at 9 p.m. And if you're not asleep, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Like if you're telling me you're going to bed at 9 p.m. because you have to go to L.A. tomorrow, (laughs) fine. But I'm going to do a drive-by. And if the lights aren't off at your house, I'm going to kill you. I didn't say I'm You're going to leave the party to do a drive-by yeah, to yeah, make yeah. sure To make asleep. sure that's what you're telling me. You can't come to my wife's birthday because you have to be up in the morning. That's fuck it. You're going to bed at eight o'clock. So I start writing that. But then I go, this is, this is progress. I remember Casey. I go, wait, stop. Don't send. In fact, Almost all my texts could use another 15 minutes, <laughs> all of them. And I'm getting better at this. So I obviously I didn't send that. And I reread it. She's in LA. She's already there. She's in LA now. Yeah. So she'd have to come back, have dinner, drive back the same night. Yes. That's a lot to ask. That's four hours in the car maybe for a dinner. Now I completely get it. So yeah. I just wrote, no worries. We'll make it happen another time. Love you. Yes. It's the best. We're all this is- 15 minutes away. From our best selves. We're right. a few deep breaths away from our best selves. Yeah. But too much of the time, why do I keep giving the keys to this insane well, hot rod driving lunatic? And it's because I'm in my I'll, fear response or something. You tell me. <laughs> You're you just trying to guess. I, what I I'm just want to win because I'm because, because my protector. Fear. Because I grew up. And we can love that part of us. Yeah, and and, just put your uh, hand on your chest and say, I love you. I can't predict you. No, no. I was going to say I'm so predictable. I can't predict you. But all of those things are something I would say about that. But actually, what I was going to say is it. It it, is funny, though. If I drive my house at 9 (laughs) p.m. And you're not asleep. I'm going to kill kill you. you. I don't think I really wrote that, but that was the message. I didn't send it anyway. No, I know. I love it. And I think she would love it too. First of all, just a little note. This is why I plan my birthday parties and why I plan your birthday parties. Yeah. You can't handle the planning and that's okay. I don't like planning. But also the reason why you're letting that hot draw, hot, rod driver go is because it's the same part of you that is very good at business like very (laughs) good at like making like selling making deals and whatever you do in here i don't know (laughs) what is your job please tell me (laughs) What do you do all What do day? you do here while I'm doing all of your I laundry? I see you pumping your fist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm in one of those blue collared shirts, but the col- uh, the sleeves are white. Like the cuffs are white. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the exactly. collar is white and the tie, yeah. yellow tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suspenders. Totally. Are we thinking Andy Bernard? <laughs> I was just thinking American Psycho, but very oh, yes. telling. Oh, right. I went to the lunatic sociopath and you went to the <laughs> lovable, lovable sociopath. Yeah. Andy Bernard. <laughs> Uh, no, but it is the part of you that's so good at answering. When I watch you answer emails, I'm like, this is insane. You're so fast. You type. I'm loving this. One of the first things this is you'll my, love this. Is it my birthday? You really will love I'm this. I'm dancing. I don't think I've ever even told you this. I, I'm, I'm shimmying. But when we were first dating, you, we would be like, you mm. know, in bed Take your time. or something. Take your time. Slow po- post, down. Post-coital Ooh. in like a Four Seasons or something. Ooh. And 
uh, you would be like, I have to, and not like you did this right after, but like yeah. there would be maybe like something that you had to respond to or whatever, and you'd have your laptop out. And I would just like watch how fast you were typing and not just that you could type fast, but that you could think that fast. And I've always <laughs> been attracted to your hands. So just like watching your hands typing Look. and your brain thinking, I was like, all right, that's round a, two. That's a real uh, <laughs> round two, <laughs> round two. Then you find out my ding dong ain't so good. <laughs> yeah, that round two is, you're not really a guy for round two. Aww, <laughs> no. We used to do round two. I was just ending your bit. I know. <laughs> We used to do round two. We used two. to do round two. Sure. Now we're squeezing in that round one while Daniel Tiger's babysitting. <laughs> yeah. Any who's a whizzle, uh, and we'll go to the mid-rolls in a minute. I do want to tease that there's a big thing. Speaking of doing it. That you have a big thing? No. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, that yes. I want to talk about yeah, my I procedure. Wanna... Yes. <laughs> well, now people are on the edge of their seats. Uh, I guess everyone knows, but we're going to talk about, yeah. Yeah, I'm my excited. Okay. Vasect and the and then come back, come back after, after the federals to get the rest of that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we saying though? Uh, emails, and that's why. Yeah, it's it's the same samurai sword wielding maniac that's very useful in other situations. Please, a katana. <laughs> a katana. Katana. Katana is my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a fake character on the show, Martin. Yeah, Katanya. Katanya. Um, I love that and I need that in my life. Um, I love that, but the, you're just such a gift and I hope everybody listening gets that. These, mm. these aspects of ourselves that are the inappropriate or just not the right tool to fix certain situations mm -hmm. are really good in other situations. So we don't mm -hmm. have to like outcast them. Yeah. We just to say not, not, not right now. Not right now. And it's funny that I'm bad at planning because as we already kind of alluded, I'm doing all this Tony Robbins stuff. It's absolutely changing my life. That's what I, this is what we'll end here. Your clearing of this emotional wound. Mm -hmm. You're like letting air and light and unlocking the doors and pulling up the curtains and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Pulling up the blinds, parting the curtains. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, you know, we have an intuitive friend, Jen, who she's a psychic and she's a incredible. Clairvoyant. A clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. <laughs> we have a friend, clairvoyant. And, uh, but I w we were talking at your dinner and I was like, her husband, Chris, was like, don't you think because I am giving it all to Tony and uh, the strategies or whatever you want to say that he's teaching me are really helping my life. Mm. But he's like, don't you see that like Val's clearing of that block? Mm. Like when we got married and just when we got together, mm -hmm. we sort of inherit each other's blocks. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, let's merge these two rivers into one river. Mm -hmm. But like, then we're moving some big rocks. Like I have my big, like, here's my family. And now your water is kind of learning to go around this rock that I'm very familiar with. Mm -hmm. Then you add your own sort of rocks. Mm -hmm. Yours was more like a highway and there was a dead rhinoceros in the middle of the highway. Mm -hmm. And it was a really... Stickle, sticky pickle, mm -hmm. and it was sticky pickle, <laughs> and we're and I had gotten used to driving around it, and I'm very, I was very like, this seems so silly now, but I'm like, well, it's not my thing, mm -hmm. but this experience has taught me, I'm like, it's your thing, mm -hmm. like the ripples of a thing yeah. affect, and that's what we've learned from what what you went through is like, it affects fucking everybody, yeah, and then right. like it just took me someone from the outside to go like, don't you see energetically 
that was cleared. Like a, mm-hmm. a bulldozer came and moved the rhinoceros out of the highway. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting up at 5.30 a.m. and doing gratitude practice and mm-hmm. fucking rocking my days and fucking loving it. Yeah. Like, it's one, I say this all the time, but if you were watching the TV show of my life, that would be a revelation that my character wouldn't have, but every viewer mm-hmm. would be like, doesn't he see that it's because there was this block? And you rescued our family. Mm, It's incredible. Thank you for saying that. I always say that the things that I do are brave outward, you know, like whatever, going on stage, doing this, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can see the brave things that I do, but Mm -hmm. the brave things that you do are like fucking terrifying, (laughs) like real flickering torch, rusty sword going into like a (laughs) twisted tree and you have to lower yourself and there's cobwebs and you're going in and doing that. The things I do are like a lot more I don't know. They're just a little bit more well lit mm-hmm. and appealing to me. They're mm-hmm. like, this will be fun. Yeah. Even, even when they're scary. I'm, I can, they're not as challenging. I'm just trying to say like, you gave this family an incredible gift. We'll unpack it more and more, I'm sure, as the years go with this podcast. But for now, yeah. we'll keep it vague. But it's, yeah. it's been really, really uh, incredible. Thank you, Then the baby. last thing, and this is the last thread. You're very welcome. I love you. <laughs> the last thread was, I was talking to, a friend at your dinner and I started talking about my dad and I started telling him. So I did get a vasectomy and I've had no pain, mm-hmm. absolutely no pain. Mm-hmm. I keep getting these check-ins and they're like, how big are your nuts? Grapefruit? <laughs> like the choices are like walnut. Walnut is the smallest. Like how much are you swelling to the size, like m- bigger, a walnut? But isn't it always about the size of a walnut? I think they mean a walnut more. Oh, <laughs> plus walnut. So I'm a bowling ball plus walnut. <laughs> <laughs> you mean bowling ball the guy that won't fill out the form sorry you mean bowling ball plus walnut <laughs> and i'm clicking all the zeros and mm-hmm. i'm having absolutely no pain it's incredible we're gonna get into the whole story after the break it's so fucking funny mm-hmm. but then i go to dinner and i'm talking to my friend reed and we're just talking about like wanting things from our parents and i was kind of giving him that like i don't know there's all this like speak your truth to your parents and i was kind of representing the like Yes, but also know that some things just aren't going to happen and you can make peace with that. And it's a little too, we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. It's a little too vulnerable to even try to go for that result. So maybe let that one go. You have to be pretty certain that it's going to um, result in a healing way and not a re-traumatizing way. And you really helped me with that. So I'm giving him that spiel. Then I start telling the story that I've told on this podcast about the time my dad hurt my feelings and and how I wanted him to apologize and how that ended up being this incredibly inciting thing for both of us Mm -hmm. and hugely painful. And I've been doing all of this gratitude practice in my early mornings, and it's been beautiful. I've been sending my father love. I've been sending you love, my mother, everybody, Mm -hmm. everybody I know. Mm -hmm. People, fans that I meet on the street, I'm just picturing them again and sending every strangers love. It's been so amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's really changing my frequency. Mm And I think that has something to do with why I'm having no pain. Mm -hmm. I really do. I know that sounds a little woo, but here's my, you know, here's some evidence. Yeah is I start telling the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm even as I'm doing it, I'm like, why am I adding ginger to the, like, why am I adding battery acid mm. to my smoothie? Mm-hmm. And as we're talking, my, ball, my, my bowling ball with a walnut <laughs> starts hurting. 
Mm-hmm. The, the the part where they did the procedure starts aching and, you know, all of the yeah, bad things. Ta- ta- uh, talking about your... Because we were talking about this, like, kind of nasty feeling, and this it, bad moment. I and I was like, <gasps> and I was like, I got to drop this off. Not to put my fingers in my ear and be la, 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 but to like, can you find, can you reach for a better thought? By the way, I also think it's a... I was thinking it's even more specifically pointed. It's like a masculine wound. Yeah. Like it's a wound it's like a movie with your with dad. My ding dong. Yeah. So it's like and remember your masculine the insult wound with... hurt your masculine wound. Totally. You know what I mean? <laughs> and remember the hurt was kind of about my manhood. It was about my chest and yeah. said I would, we don't even have That's to. That's right. But that felt mm-hmm. like an attack on my manhood. Yeah. It's very similar. I, Paul Thomas Anderson is always doing that. But in his first movie, which I forget what it's called. Sydney, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like male wound crotch stuff that's very like. Oh, wow. Once you notice it, you're like, oh my God, they're talking about male identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? John C. Riley has a matchbook go off in his pocket, Ooh. right? And it just bursts into flames right by his wiener. Like th- those things are mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I. It started hurting for the first time, basically. Mm-hmm. And then when I started, I had to do some breath work and just some sending more gratitude, more love. And again, it's not denial, mm-hmm. but I really, and I kind of want, I do want this on the record. This podcast has been so vulnerable and I don't regret a moment of it, but the new strategy in my life and something I have seen Tony Robbins do who had kind of an abusive mother, mm-hmm. there's been this like, I, I don't guess emotionally abusive, I don't know. But like when he talks about her, he's always reaching towards gratitude and like and finding a way to the pain and the wound led to this growth and all this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. again somehow it doesn't seem like denial but i've been getting a (laughs) lot of i know i've been getting a lot of juice at this stage in my life i I think i maybe mentioned this last week staying upstream of it Mm. like having a great memory of my dad and texting him Mm -hmm. and i'm very proud of this and i and now when he texts me i'm excited i probably said this last week but Mm -hmm. it's just been literally helping my my body. Yeah. Absolutely. And I saw that in real time. I started talking and then the pain came and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then I started sending love and letting it go. And in, a, in an authentic way, not just like a, but he's got a great haircut. It wasn't that, it was real. Mm-hmm. And then it went away. I was like, this is crazy. So we're going to tell the full story. And I, I think it's a hoot uh, when we come back mm-hmm. um, after after these messages. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Magic Mind. You guys have heard me talking about Magic Mind on this podcast, probably on social media as well. Magic Mind is a performance drink. It is a flow-giving elixir. What do I mean by that? It's got a little bit of caffeine, about as much as half a cup of coffee from matcha. It's got adaptogens to help you calm down and settle into your body. It's got nootropics that help your brain function at its optimum. Put those things together and what do you got? You got a little magical drink like athletes have Gatorade, creators have Creatorade. It doesn't get you wired. It gets you dialed in. You get 30% more done on average, five to seven hours of 30% more productivity after drinking. Helps fight off procrastination, brain fog, fatigue, and some ADD symptoms, dropping you into that flow state. After three to seven days of continuous use, gets even easier, meaning it builds with time. This product has, it's right here on my desk, has 100% changed my life. I take it sometimes a couple times a day if I have a lot to do. 
It is a game changer. I love it. They have a money back guarantee. Any first purchase will be refunded. No questions asked if it doesn't meet your your expectations. That's you guys. You're the customer. And we have a wonderful offer for you guys. Go to www.magicmind.co slash weird and use my discount code at checkout weird to get a limited 20% off your first order. That's magicmind.co slash weird. Use discount code weird for 20% off your first order. Speaking of nootropics, we're brought to us by our friends at Onnit. I stack this. I take Magic Mind with my Alpha Brain because they are different blends, but it is a similar kind of idea. A nootropic is like fish food for your mind, for your creativity, for your focus, for your recall. Anything I do that involves my brain for the past 10 years, I always, always, always take two to three Alpha Brain 15 minutes beforehand. It's not like caffeine. It's not a stimulant. It doesn't get you all up. It just gives you earth-grown ingredients that helps your brain thrive and dial into what it is you're trying to do. Whenever, whenever I'm doing a podcast, stand up, sitting down with a book, going on a date with Val, I mean, when don't you want your brain running at its optimum level for a massive difference that you actually feel? I swear by it. I keep it in my car, keep it in my carry-on. I keep it everywhere. It's in the pocket. It's in the pockets of my coats. I've had fans come up and say, do you really have alpha brain in your pocket? And I do. And I sometimes have handed it out and I'm like, I swear, I promise that's alpha brain. <laughs> it is a absolute, absolute secret weapon to everything that I do creatively, professionally, and even personally. And you've got to try it. If you like it one-tenth as much as I do, you will shit your pants. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. You'll get 10% everything off, 10% off everything you see on that landing page. That's onnit.com slash weird. To me. <laughs> the sec. To, to me. me. <laughs> Wait, before we do that, I wanted to say some things about what you just said. Um, I do think that the... Never mind. Let's just talk about your vasectomy. My, Go ahead. I was just like, uh, I'm reaching up there for things and I'm so foggy. I can refresh no. you. The pain being linked to the... Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say is I, I, I think it is important. Like you've really reached a very... You're in this this new state, which is lovely. And what I see, uh, how I see it is you've sort of alchemized instead of feeling shame about how you feel you sort of just reach as our friend chris would say you reach for a better thought yeah so i think what's often would happen with you and does with me and everybody really is like you would have uh let's say you would be talking about your dad and have that pain in your balls you know two months ago <laughs> yeah um you would then be like why does that affect me i've done all of this work i don't understand right. why it's still and oh, i or you're like so right. or you would be like i'm trying to just identify as awareness and and then like i it just it didn't work and i'm you know i don't know how i could whatever and so um yeah this has been really cool to watch you change into can I reach for and have some agency in my body, exactly. in my mind? Yeah, without denying. And this, I know, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast because it's something that comes back around all the time in my healing. I don't want to say journey, but you know what? We Travels. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just don't say not all those who wander are lost, and you're fine. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Um, 
but it's this balance, this like very nuanced balance of between acceptance and allowing those feelings to move through you and them to be there and have compassion for yourself and agency, knowing mm. that you also do have agency and you can you can change the the literally like your body chemistry yeah. and your brain trajectory. Yeah. Um trajectory is a better word than journey <laughs> on the ceiling trajectory nobody um, likes that no i know it's the worst <laughs> word uh but yeah so that's i it's been really cool to see you on in this new new kick that's the headline of this whole wonderful maybe it's the rhino being moved from the highway but like mm. from a what we already covered but that very dry incredibly ultimate reality focused like this is nothing it's just a dream it's just it's just awareness yeah observing itself and coming back into my richard Rohr, coming back and tony robbins and all this sort of stuff joe dispenza that's mm -hmm. sort of like okay sure that's yeah. ultimate reality yeah relative reality i can reach for a better thought yeah and i can literally make pain go away mm -hmm. and then like I can go for those projects. I can I can achieve things if I'd like to and mm -hmm. look at the people that it helps. Like yeah. even as we're trying to build the podcast, me and Jake and Joe and Katie are like getting together and we have a project and we're like, let's see if we can get more, you know, whatever's. And it's so fun. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's, we've already covered that, but like when I was very walking on clouds, I wasn't just, I just wasn't very useful. The other thing- To I myself was, or anyone else. <laughs> the other thing I was gonna say uh, is going back to the rhino on the highway and your beautiful compliment about me being brave. I just want to say like also to document mostly for myself, but for, for I think it will serve other people that like I always, after I have sort of gone into the cave and faced the big scary thing, um, for the purpose of healing, I get this very specific feeling that I only ever remember, like I can only feel it kind of in the cave or like right outside at the mouth of the cave of the other side of it, mm. where I'm like, right, this is actually the best medicine for anxiety <laughs> because like facing the thing that I was afraid of, it's always the like, actual turning around to face the monster that's scary once you face the monster you realize there was nothing to fear and then you yeah you're can doing sit it and you're doing it and and there have been moments in these last couple weeks where i'm like here i am in the middle of the thing that i was so afraid of yeah and I'm still here and that's i'm it. throwing birthday parties and i'm picking Leela up from school and it didn't annihilate me right. and that is freedom like that yeah. is the closest thing to uh an anxiety free yep can like actual liberated life that i can get to is oh wow i forgot i didn't realize there's actually nothing to fear like yeah. these things but it was going through anxiety that showed you that exactly not, not around it and and it was dwelling amongst it like letting it be a part of the story because it's not going to kill me it's it's the running from the thing where uh, that's way harder and way more scary yeah. than actually facing it it's freddy krueger yeah remember in the first one you have to face him yeah 
They're right. always running from him, and that's what gives him his power mm-hmm. for anybody that was too scared to watch it, like me. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> that movie's <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, no, that is so beautiful, and it's very Ramdas. It's like you, the thing that you thought would kill you yeah. happened, and you're not dead. Mm-hmm. So you must not be who you thought you were. Yeah. And that's, you know, to Tony, that's Toro. That's growth. Right. You did something that you didn't think you could do. And yeah. You know, one last Toro thing, too, is is even though I hate planning, in my own life, I've been being much more deliberate with my days and why I want to do what I want to do and what's the mm-hmm. result and what's the vision and when am I going to do it. Just putting it down on paper mm-hmm. is also just the greatest anti-anxiety for me. Yeah. I Because as you pointed out, my pain voice is always like, when am I going to do the things I have to do? And it's mm-hmm. because I was keeping it all in my head. Mm-hmm. And you put it down. You mm-hmm. just write it down. Just write Not it just down. a to-do, but like why you want to do it. Then it becomes very obvious which ones you should do first. Mm-hmm. It's really wonderful stuff. I definitely should figure out the whys for like housework. Because I'll... Well, remember I called you queen of the castle? <laughs> yes. I was like, because you have to make it this meaningful role that your your identity right. that... they want and i definitely can find wise like it's like pillars of my not just personality but like what i specifically offer the world is like making homes wherever i go making things cozy making the people that i love the most feel cared for and safe that homemaker is like a you know i know and that's what happens is if i don't give myself a why what it all becomes is the thing that's keeping me from like making my dreams come true. And like, it's just expected of me. I'm this, what, like somehow I'm in this, you know, like Betty Draper. No, Val, that's been, sorry. Scenario. (laughs) That's been me with emails. I gave answering emails to labels, the, Mm -hmm. um, upstream strong arms, uh, strong arm. Yeah. Upstream strong arms, Mm -hmm. which I picture my, strong arms around the family Mm -hmm. upstream meaning i deal with things before they become stressful Ah. so i'm giving my family the gift of a stress-free liberated spacious Mm -hmm. calm house Mm -hmm. which is all i wanted as a child Mm -hmm. because i answer my emails Mm -hmm. i take an hour an hour every day so it's it's usa upstream strong arms i also call it tcb taking care of business because that's what elvis's belt buckle said and it's (laughs) and that makes it a little sexy for me Mm -hmm. it's not just i hate emails Mm -hmm. but when i'm like no when I get when I rip through these, which actually is a great feeling because mm-hmm. I give it this dedicated time, twelve thirty to whatever one thirty, mm-hmm. then we go out with Leela to the park, and I'm fucking done with emails. Yeah, because I did that, and I remembered that the purpose of replying to those emails was so that I could be fully at the park when I'm at the park, mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry: is there an email I'm missing? Yeah, it's like fucking no, we did that. It's over. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. All right. So uh, I got a, I, I'm on the pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wrote one joke about it. I was like, people don't know what you to say. You got a vasectomy, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a vasectomy. Yeah, that's my way of saying I got a vasectomy. <laughs> but I, um, it's so weird to say. It's I really know. surreal. And it because it happened two days ago. It's really surreal. Yeah. Um, but the one joke, I've written a bunch of jokes, but the one joke I'm excited about that I haven't told you is, People don't know how to respond when I tell them I had a vasectomy. So I'll tell you, mm. what I'm looking for is, who's a brave boy? <laughs> who's the bravest boy? 
<laughs> you did it. You're such a brave little boy. Good big boy. <laughs> yes. You let them cut your nards. Good brave boy. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, is how I want people to respond to pretty much anything I do. I was going to say, that's how you want me to respond when you like do the dishes or do anything. It's true. But after a year of us, you know, some of us, it happened on this podcast. We absolutely love being parents. We love having Leela. It's the joy of our lives. And mm-hmm. we were like, we that was another episode. We started unpacking some of the reasons why we wanted to have one kid. Mm-hmm. We made that a choice. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, okay, get a vasectomy. And then like a lot of guys, I was just like, and I will do that. At some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who wants to do that? Yeah. And then I had dinner with Judy Greer and her husband, and he was like, he, he said, the streets are littered with children uh, from couples with men that were planning on getting a vasectomy at some point. Yes. And I was just like, oh, now he brought in like an achiever, mm-hmm. don't be an idiot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, this is such a sensitive thing to talk about. But anyway, finally did it. Mm-hmm. Made the appointment, got rained out one day. Finally did it, went in, and it was a very funny experience. Yes. The uh, <laughs> the office was adorned. It was like a man den. It was. And, and by the way, everything about the office and the experience was proof that you are not the only man who wants, who's a good boy? You did no, that, it. I'm sitting next to my certificate. We'll get to that. If I, if I had been a man in there, I think I would have... I, I mean, I could see I would have felt cared for, but I think I also would have felt a little pandered to. I, yeah, I got that. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely for kind of like a basic bitch man. Mm-hmm. There was like a picture of Jack Nicholson smoking a cigar, blowing a ring, and it said like, I am who I am. I don't need your approval. <laughs> yes. That was like the first thing you see. And it really is like, don't let your buddies hassle you for being getting a vasectomy. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And then there were pictures of the Three Stooges, the yes. Rat Pack, classic cars. Yeah. We go in the examination room. It's like a, you pointed this out. The chair is like, a, it's like a Corvette chair. Yeah. It was it's like, like a big boy sit, chair. Sit down. Vroom, vroom. It was like a race vroom, car vroom. bed. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I liked I liked all of it. I, sure. Meaning right. I was just like, I like, it was very modern. It was very sleek. Mm-hmm. Doctor comes in. First thing he does, he didn't say it, but he highly, heavily implied that he had performed Robin Williams' vasectomy. Yeah. He didn't say the name. Uh-huh. But he was like, it's a San Francisco comedian who you know. Yeah. And I did. And he told the story that. He was so funny during the vasectomy that he was laughing and they had to tell him to stop making jokes. Yeah. And he was like, so I'm worried about you. And I was like, buddy, you're not going to hear a peep. You're going to be fucking hurt lockering my nuts. Yeah. I'm not going to be cracking wise. <laughs> yeah, I know. Although he did walk in when he walked into we the room. We were laughing. We were laughing and you were air drumming. <laughs> well, you're nervous. <laughs> of course. No, no, no. I know you know. But it's a very funny situation. From the moment I came in to mm-hmm. the moment I left, all we did, me, I don't know if you call her a nurse, but his number two person mm-hmm. is, uh, I don't know who you call that, yeah. and him. <laughs> Every single person, we were constantly making jokes. They were like, we're going to give you nitrous oxide. Do you have any uh, medical allergies? And I went, uh, just nitrous oxide, but other than that, we're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's just good-natured laughing. Yeah. Uh, good natured laughing. I'm telling you, that joke killed. <laughs> I'm in the room. I got my hairnet on. They're about to begin. They're like, "Do you have any questions before we start?" And I'm like, "Can I keep the hairnet?" Like you had, you had to make yeah. as also, many jokes as possible because they're about to cut your nut. I know. Also, the the doc, like they clearly are used to 
guys Nervous. nervously making jokes. And um, Oh, yeah, when he examined me. Yeah, so he examined you right in front of my face. Yeah, you were sitting there. I was, <laughs> it was so close to it. <laughs> I, it wasn't even a joke. He was like, okay, I'll examine you now. And I was like, I'm going to take my pants down. Like, I'm not joking. This isn't like a consent joke. I mean, like, I'm about to do that, right? This is okay, right? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, yes. And he examined me and I went, uh, how's my deference? And he went. It's vast. <laughs> immediately. So good. And I, And by the way, this guy, perfect guy. Yeah. Perfect guy. So great. His sense of humor and his alertness and everything you want in a doctor. If he yeah. was like mopey and sleepy, this, I was like, this is the right guy for me. Yeah. We're in the thing. They put up a curtain so I can't look, mm. which I loved. Mm-hmm. I got nitrous oxide, which is basically, take it from me, very similar to ketamine, mm-hmm. very similar space, which Chris was like, I think that's because you've been to that place. So you got the nudge and you were able to kind of like access it, which was flattering, which I like. Yeah. But when they started, I had a lot of nitrous oxide epiphanies, and I think they were very beautiful. One of them, you know, you're having this procedure done. It's a big life decision. Yeah. And then you're being given this drug that is basically, from my experience, was like a hallucinogen. So you're in this very spacious, clean field of naked awareness. It's Mm -hmm. a very unified consciousness kind of place. Mm -hmm. And I I was also very lucid. I was never gone. Mm -hmm. Very. It wasn't like doing a whippet. It was like a small, you know little little dose mm-hmm. and i start thinking about wow this is this is real we're gonna have one child yeah and then you're you know there's this guilt you're like is that wrong mm-hmm. like am i saying no to life or something am mm-hmm. i one of my friends made a joke that i was playing god like he's like mm-hmm. how do you feel about playing god which you said is there anything more playing god than having kids <laughs> creating a person that's god's main thing <laughs> yeah that's the biggest way to play god is to make babies <laughs> yeah uh, so there's, but there is, that, that's why it's a sensitive thing to talk about. But in that state, perfect mm-hmm. little state to do a little spiritual work, mm-hmm. the, it was like my own voice, but it was like highest, highest self, Pete. I don't mm-hmm. mean high on drugs. I mean, like it was the purest, cleanest, naked awareness, true self, Pete. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you can't add or take away from infinity. Mm. Like this is, and you are infinity, you could have a thousand kids or you could have zero kids. Mm-hmm. It doesn't an impact infinity. That's what this is. Yeah. This is endless infinity. Mm. And it was like a joke that you were like, you can't add or subtract. It's yeah. all it's all here already. It's all going on. Yeah. And that was really comforting, beautiful. And then completely unrelated, I saw Rupert and Rupert was like, I also have one child. <laughs> like, and I was like, thanks, Rupert. Like I was having this like, and I was laughing, was laughing, yeah. So I'm like mm-hmm. laughing, trying not to laugh too much. <laughs> and uh, and then I had this very beautiful experience. And I don't know why this is what came up, but I was thinking about how absurd it is. Again, remember, I'm in timeless awareness. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about being an achiever. And I'm like, is it okay to be an achiever? And what I saw was, like someone writing uh, like a tally, you know how you might count days in prison, like mm-hmm. a one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you want to achieve? Oh, there's your achievement. And then it started falling gently like kinetic sand, mm-hmm. just started dissolving immediately, mm-hmm. which is the message of every hallucinogen. Every hallucinogen just sort of blissfully whispers to you, nothing is permanent. Right. That is the message. Nothing lasts. Relax. It's okay. It's all, It's all happening and it's all... 
It's the good nothing lasts. When you tell your yeah. ego nothing lasts, we hate that. But in the space of infinite, you're like, nothing lasts, relax. Yes. It's okay. It was the good news, nothing lasts. Mm -hmm. And then I took that to, isn't it funny that we think that the mistakes we make get filed somewhere in this infinite vastness, this perfect, blissful, loving awareness that somewhere that blissful, loving awareness has a permanent record on you mm -hmm. that you shoplifted when you were 12, and, but that gets chiseled into concrete. Like we know, everyone agrees, nothing lasts except your mistakes. Right. And yes. it did the same thing. It was like, here's a fuck up you did. And it just starts falling like kinetic sand. It's like, yeah. where, where are you putting these things that are remembered and recorded forever that you did in a finite amount of time mm -hmm. on earth. Yeah. What, what system is that? Right. That's like, you told a lie when you were 23. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it just seemed like the, and I'm laughing. It's like the funniest, most beautiful sort of revelatory thing. Yeah. Then I started feeling it. They, they, they did it. It was very like, Oh, there's the, the shot. They give you a little shot and it didn't really hurt. And it, I was in that place of awareness and I was like, oh, sensation is just sensation. Like that real like suffering is a, mm. is a resistance thing. And there it was. Okay. And then I started feeling like that they were gunking around the works mm. and I didn't expect to be able to feel that they were gunking around. Was the it works. like pressure or pain? It wasn't pain. It was just kind of like, I don't really want to describe it. I don't want to freak people out, but it was just mm -hmm. kind of like, I know you're up in there. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it felt like acupuncture. You know mm. how acupuncture can send energy mm. up your arm? Mm. Like you feel your vein and it shoots up. It yes. kind of felt like that, like okay. a shooting feeling. Not yeah. really pain, but a feeling. And that's alerting because you're like, you told me I'd feel nothing. Yeah. And I just, I took my mask off and I was like, uh, I'm okay, but I'm letting you know that I'm aware that something's going on. <laughs> yeah. And the doctor, this doctor, fucking A plus, goes, he's just working. He doesn't stop. He just goes, something's going on. He just said something's going on. I laugh. I put the mask back on. Turns out my left side is more sensitive than they do it on the right side. I don't even want to know what's going on. But the right side, I felt absolutely nothing and, mm. and just felt bliss. And when it was over, I was like, I wish that had lasted longer because I was just sucking on nitrous oxide and, and having epiphanies. Yeah. And this is the part we couldn't wait to tell you guys. When I get up and I have it right here, you're really raw. Mm -hmm. Even though you don't feel it, just like my hand procedure, your body was just through. Your body's like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. When, what was that? When I had my vocal polyp surgery, I, my body was like releasing the trauma of that for weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. So you're in a raw state and you're coming off of nitrous oxide which by the way, they should be giving everybody for every procedure, yeah, including childbirth. It's fucking dope. Yeah. And uh, they present me with this thing. It's It says, and I laughed so hard and I didn't mm -hmm. know it's exactly what I wanted. It's a certificate. It looks like a graduation certificate. It says, awards the certificate of honor to Peter Holmes for uncommon bravery and meritorious performance during his no scalpel vasectomy procedure <laughs> on this day. And it's signed. And I... <laughs> lit up like a kid i couldn't it made me so happy <laughs> then i kept going like i don't know what compliment to give you like that mm -hmm. was incredible thank you so much it was so cute when i came in so he came and you came in yeah. he he i was reading about uh one of the manson murderesses being released 
What? I, I was just reading Los Angeles magazine. Oh, okay. And that was, so I like literally had time to read one article. Yeah. And then he came in and like go downstairs and feed the meter and come up. And he came in and just like, gave me a thumbs up <laughs> and i was like oh he also went that couldn't have gone better yeah he was like it was a smooth sail and you want to come back and i was like all right yeah and i came in and you were sitting so they give you like a little jock, jock strap. strap but i couldn't see that but you looked so much like a little boy it was so cute you had your like gown on yeah and, and my hairnet and your hairnet and it was like up like you know, like it was riding up. You were sitting on the table and the gown was riding up. So you just looked like you were like a little boy wearing like whitey tidies and a sleep shirt, you know? Yes. And you came in and and I went, what have we done? Uh, then, <laughs> I forgot about that. And then we, uh, and then you were like, I got a certificate. Yes. It was really... It was really funny. And, and your also, joke was all I got was six months of postpartum depression. Yeah, it was like 58 hours of labor and all I, I got was... I had a 15 was... <laughs> minute. Men are such babies. I know. It's... And I love us, but we're... I, I'm telling you, I needed the race car chair. I needed the certificate. That's why I just get so mad when there's a dynamic where a woman has had a baby and the man is just like... The only reason, you know, like everybody can choose what's different for or like everybody has a different answer to their family planning. But if it's like the only reason the man is not getting a vasectomy is that like some sort of machismo or even like fear, you're just like, dude, she had a baby for the family. Yeah, <laughs> you can do this. It's a well, tiny that, that thing. was another thing where it was like the playing God thing. I was like, it's not any more playing God than having your partner take hormones to like dysregulate yes. their cycle. I was like, oh. there is a, this was a, this is a topic for another time, but you know, I feel it. I I'm aware that this is like a sensitive thing to talk about. Yeah. And even as we're saying it, I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm just going to be public about it. But of course I am. I'm already yeah. writing jokes about it, but it's like guys think their identity is linked to their ability to do that. You know, to, and what if the yeah. world ends and it's just you and one woman? Right. That's egg on my face. That's my joke. Yes. <laughs> it's like, whoops. Well, the patriarchy tells both genders that they're only valuable as long as they're fertile. So right. it's a very... Wow, revo- I'm going to go sit with that for a while. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a very revolutionary thing to, to decide that you are worthy, even if you're not fucking and making babies right. <laughs> all the time. Right. And then the the final thing... There, I was like, what happens to the sperm? They were like, it just gets absor- absorbed into your body. Oh, yeah. And I was like, do any superpowers come with that? Am I going to be vasectoman? No. Vasectoman. And then I said, hey, yeah, but your only powers are getting to eggs quickly. Yeah, I can eat breakfast in under, under 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah. So more obviously on that, but I, I am proud. So obviously more on vasectoman. We're going to have a whole A whole episode zine. dedicated to vasectoman next time. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was excited. I do feel vulnerable. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I just feel like- Do you? Not in a not in a really bad way, but I'm getting that kind of throat feeling where I'm like, <laughs> wait, what is it specifically though about that? Just that it's just that information might, about your no, oh, just people no. might judge me or something. Oh no, I, those people aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> 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 I'm proud of you and thank you for doing it, so that I don't have to mess up my whole system by taking. I know, and birth you know, control. I'm excited to be in. 
Leo Allen had that great joke where he's like, sex is the only thing you do that's for fun that could lead to a baby. Yeah. It's like if there was a roller coaster that was the best roller coaster in the world, but you might be handed a baby when you get off, you wouldn't ride the roller coaster. <laughs> yes. So I've been dealing with a lot of pregnancy fear for my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm excited to be on the pill. Yeah, you're going to love and it. And if Leela, you hear this when you're older, we love you. We love being your parents <laughs> so much. This wasn't about that. This was just like we made a choice for the family. Yeah. And it feels right. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's that. I'm deleting this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep it crispy. 